If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Welcome back in. It is hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM with the former NFL executive, Michael Lombardi. I'm Ben Wilson from downtown Las Vegas, our Circus Sportsbook Studios. In for Patrick Maher. We'll see Patrick back tomorrow. A lot of storylines, Michael, as we get ready for week 13 yeah. of the NFL, including some a... divisional rematches. Uh, we, can, we can start. Was, was going to start uh, with the Chargers-Raiders divisional rematch that we're going to have uh, just a few miles from where I'm at here at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. We saw this week one with the Chargers winning a narrow five-point game over the Raiders. But uh, since then, both teams have had ups and downs. Raiders, two straight overtime wins, though, Michael, and the Chargers win in dramatic fashion uh, Yeah, over the Cardinals uh, last week. Hard to know what to make of either team, though. Uh, where do you start with, with uh, Chargers and Raiders with the rematch this week? Well, I mean, I think when you go back to the first game, you know, both teams kind of, you know, both teams are healthy. And the Raiders did a really good job of taking Mike of taking Mike Williams out of the game. I don't know if he'll be healthy for this game. But, you know, they turned the ball over three times, and that's the reason they lost. And when you watch the Raiders since their bye week, you know, when they had the bye, they come back. They've only turned the ball over four times in the last six games. Two of them were on Sunday. So they've done a better job of protecting the football since early in the season, which is going to be critical. You know, and then they didn't really run the ball. The first three games of the season for the Raiders, they couldn't get their running game going. You know, now the last two weeks they've run the ball. Jacobs, even though he's not 100%, they've been able to do that. This is a game about the Raider offense has to control the pace. They know they can run the ball on the Chargers. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for them to make plays out there. And if they can – They've got a chance to control it and keep Justin Herbert off the field because we know this about the Raider defense. 
you know, they're not a great defense. And they struggle against the pass. We saw Indianapolis throw the ball, gain 415 yards. But in the last two weeks, they played better. You know, they, they held Denver. Not that this is achievement with the Denver <laughs> right. offense, but they slowed Denver down a little bit. And then, you know, last week, Seattle's offense is good. They turned the ball over twice against Seattle. They got critical stops in that game, which I didn't think they could get. So, you know, I, I think I could see why the betting public – the Raiders are playing – they've always have been – they've always been in games other than the, the, the Saint game. They just haven't been able to close games out. And this last two overtime games, they have. We're seeing the market, too, come a little bit towards the Raiders. This open two, two and a half in favor of the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers on the road. Now down the market has gone in favor of the Raiders down to one and a half uh, or or two. You don't give a – like there was never never much home field advantage given to the Chargers. It was, what, uh, 30,000 Raider fans at SoFi <laughs> week yeah. one. And this was the game last year. Remember week 18, Sunday night football, playoff spot on the line. They had the crazy back-and-forth uh, overtime game. It, to me, it just it comes down to like what you said on, on, on Max Crosby and the Raider defensive line. Are they able to get enough pressures to basically cover up and protect a very weak secondary? We saw it was very hit or miss against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. At times, Crosby looked like an absolute animal and got to Smith and, and really disrupted the Seahawks, most notably in overtime. But there were large swaths of that game where the Seahawks could basically uh, point to a direction on the field and get whatever they wanted. Against a quarterback as dynamic as Justin Herbert, you have to think that's the biggest key for Sunday. Right, but it's going to be a hard game for them because they got to block. They got to block them up front, you know, and, and, and they don't really, they won't, even though, you know, against the, the Colts, the Colts had a little bit more balance against the Raiders. The Raiders, you know, Seattle couldn't run the ball. I mean, Seattle tried their, their hardest to run the ball against the Raiders. I mean, they made the huge run in the first part of the game with Walker for the touchdown. But other than that run, they couldn't make a run in the game. And so, you know, the last time they played this game, the Raiders held Mike Williams to two catches for 10 yards. They took him out of the game. So, you know, that, that's going to be critical. They've got to be able to do that and force it. To me, the Chargers matchup on the tackles, you know, whether it's the, the Slayler kid, the kid they drafted the sixth round, mm -hmm. and then they've got Pimpkins at right tackle, they're not a good offensive line. And they've got to be able to put pressure on Herbert and make him become one-dimensional. And if they do that, uh, you know, I think this game will be ticked towards the over. I think it'll be down to the last seven minutes of the game, just like a lot of Raider games. Uh, you, you would think, yeah, if you're actually making a, a bet on what is going to be, let's say, uh, margin with, I don't know, five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, feels like if you say this will be uh, six points or less with five minutes to go, that, that's like the safest bet you could make, even though that's a, uh, only a theoretical bet, Michael. Like it doesn't, I mean, these teams are going to play a tight game. It's why I've heard some support for Raiders teaser legs up to over the, the seven this week. I know that's a little bit risky with a defense that has struggled and a high total of 50 and a half, but you got to think this is going to be one of those uh, coin flip Plinko-y type divisional matchups, I would think. Right. And remember in this game, if you remember, go back to it, the Raiders get behind 17 to three in this game. They turned the ball over in the first that. half. They made mistakes. You know, they threw, they threw the interceptions, which killed them, you know, just like they did against, just like they did against uh, Seattle. I, I said this on Monday, Ben. The difference between this Raider team and last year, I know last year was a playoff team, but this Raider team, they played Kansas City at home on, on, on Sunday afternoon, and the first play of the game, they fumbled for touchdown. Mike Hughes picked it up and scored. And that game went from bad to completely disaster. It was 41-14. This time they turn it over on the first play of the game, and they come right back and go 11 plays and score and tie the game up. There's a little bit to me, if you watch the, the sideline of the – there's a little bit of – the players are buying in. You know, they're buying it in. And I think when you win games like they did the last time, 
you know, I, I think they certainly feel like they can. And if they eliminate the mistakes, look, they can't turn the ball over. They had three turnovers. They, a car threw three interceptions last time they played. You can't have that and win. Yeah, that's why it's an interesting line, at least this week, where you have resiliency clearly on display for both teams. Raiders, two straight overtime wins on the road. Chargers, who just did nothing in the first half against a downtrodden Arizona team, find a way, even in ugly fashion, uh, to come back and win. Down to one and a half or two is that uh, the current Charger line. Uh, I mean, think about that game, Ben. That, the oh, Chargers, yeah. we, would we be having this conversation if the Chargers could have gotten two first downs on the three drives that they had in the fourth quarter? I mean, the Chargers had three – two teams had really great opportunities to put the game away. Tampa, they get the ball back with three times, and they don't do it. And the same thing with the, with the Chargers. I mean, same thing with the Cardinals. All they've got to do is get two or three first downs. Game's over. Yep. Car- but remember, it's Cardinals. the scheme. You know, it's the yep. scheme. It's not Kyler's fault. Remember that. It's not Kyler's fault. We say that every week. Remember, <laughs> it, 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 it is not his fault. It's the scheme. Uh, and, and, yes, Cardinals unable to hang on. Chargers win last week. Tampa unable to hang on. And the Browns win. We'll transition to Cleveland, who now get the win in dramatic fashion over the Bucks in overtime. And get their quarterback now set to go. Deshaun Watson has served his suspension. Market, though, has come a little bit to Houston. It's from seven and a half. Cleveland laying it on the road against the Texans. Now down to a, a flat seven pretty much everywhere. What do you expect to see in game one out of Watson? I can't believe Cleveland's seven points better than anybody, right? But when you look at the numbers for Houston, how bad they are, you know, from the quarterback rating, the last five games, points per play, offensive line, you know, red zone trips. I mean, it's a disaster. They have no strengths. I mean, this has gone from bad to bad. Their offense, and I've said this on the podcast, Pep Hamilton's offense is a high school offense. I mean, that's just – and I'm being, I'm being disrespectful to high school coaches. It's really not very good. And, you know, but they play at home, and they're a little bit better at home. They played the Eagles. But this is one of those games, if you're the owner of the Texans and your team doesn't play well, you've you got some real hard decisions to make this offseason. You're going to have to – like, Lovey's going to have to give something back to the team to show that he's got control of the team and he can do it. And especially in a game like this where, you know, you're going against a, a, a guy who demanded to get traded and put a huge stain on their franchise that they paid a fortune for. This this is a game to me, I think that seven's way too much. I hate Houston's team. I don't think mm-hmm. they're any good. But there's got to be that underlying factor in this game because they've got to play it better and they can't turn it over. And this Browns team is not very good. I mean, it's embarrassing I'm sure Tom Brady is embarrassed by the fact that he scored with about seven minutes to go in the second quarter and then never scored again for the rest of the game against the Browns. A defense that bad. Bottom five uh, across the board, having kind of done the calculations going through the drives, and I know you wrote about this too uh, online at vcin.com. Final seven drives, six total first downs for Tampa against a bad uh, bottom five Cleveland defense. That and the Cleveland defense, how bad they've been, coupled with a quarterback who's had zero real time NFL action in 700 days. Every part of me would want to bet against that this week. It's just as you say for Houston, can you get a little game effort at least where you get blasted in the first half against Washington, get one first down two weeks ago, and then this week only three first downs, down 30 to nothing at the half against Miami? Like, if you're betting on Houston, to me at least, Michael, you're assuming you at least get some sort of emotional push by Watson being right. back in your home stadium. And it's, it's hard as a better for me to make that leap because there's no, no numbers behind that. That's just a kind of a guess at this point with how dead Lovey Smith's team has looked. Yeah, I mean, you just have to t- roll the dice with it and, and just bet the number, right? 
you're betting the number and saying, look, I have no confidence in this. Let me see here. I have this. I had this as a 7.68 game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm right there by the number. I was probably, you know, so I, I don't, you know, to me, this will probably fit in the Hall and Oates category and no can do. But my instincts <laughs> yeah. tell me if, if it, to me, this is, this is really, there's certain games during the year that I think determine a coach's fate for the next season, right? And I think this is one for Lovey. I know you don't want to keep going one and done, but if you got to ask yourself, where's our progress? Where, have we made any progress, right? Are we getting any better? It's like what I said about Denver. I don't want Nathaniel Hackett to lose his job. I love his father. He's a great guy. But to me, tell me why we should keep going down this week. The team's not responding. The team, you know, everybody wanted McDaniels fired, but the team was playing hard. They were responding. When a team doesn't respond, now you got to do something. Houston is 1-9-1. and Win total unbelievably is actually two and a half with big juice to the under but this is the this is the shortest dog price they'll be michael until week 18 likely uh, in in indianapolis that, that's what i'm saying this is a custard last stand game for houston and if you play houston it isn't because you're a great handicapper you're counting on them to play their best yeah. of all time and they usually do it you know last year they beat tennis they they always have a game that they do it in. maybe it's this game i don't know maybe we, we, I like the Hall and Oates comp, though, uh, for, for maybe a stay away in general for this game. Our no pros, can do. Uh, yeah, that's Matty, that's no Matty Santos's do. deal. We, I, we used to do that all the time. I no know. can do. My producer, Matt Santos. I know he loves it. Uh, and that, that leads into our, our pro tip, which will fit in quickly uh, from the first hour of the show. Ties in here, but also for other games. If there's injury news early in the week, don't feel like you have to bet a game early in the week if there's not a lot of information known. Sometimes waiting is better than making a hastily uh, quick decision on a particular bet. We'll discuss the NFC South when we return. What's going on with Tampa? If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life— We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. The VSEN Cyber Monday deal has been extended. Sign up today to become a VSEN Pro subscriber, and you'll get a daily recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits to let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive daily betting reports. Plus, our upcoming College Bowl and Super Bowl betting guides. New VEASAN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VEASAN store. The VEASAN store is a great place to shop for VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is an extended Cyber Monday offer that will not last long, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And if you're a VEASAN Pro subscriber, you can check out each and every one of Michael Lombardi's outstanding columns at VEASAN.com. I was reading your article this morning, Michael, talking NFC South. Can't believe we're even having the discussion right now. Like, if Tampa was just mediocre, even, and had just taken care of business in a couple of obvious winning spots, this divisional race would probably be over, but it's not. Tampa loses in Cleveland. Uh, they are still minus 350 favorites at uh, BetMGM. We're showing on our screen minus 335, which we'll have pop up here uh, in just a second, anywhere from minus 335 to 350. Some books still holding out at four to one, at uh, minus 400 right now. Uh, but how is this even possible here that, uh, that Tampa has still 13 weeks down to the year not found a way to make this work? I, I mean, think about it, though. I mean, the Carolina Panthers fired their coach in week five, right? Had they beaten Cleveland 58-yard field goal, they lose the game. They lose the game to the Giants on a late field goal by three. You know, and they, they're up by other – their Cardinals score all the points in the second. I mean, they could have easily started the year 4-0. They didn't. Of course, Baker was horrendous. But they're still in this thing. They're still in this thing. I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, and then how about if, if, if Panero makes an extra point against Atlanta, they win that game. They're five and seven. I, 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 when I wrote the column, I, I was, I confused myself. I want to take Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. I look at their defense and I say, Wolf. And then I, I, I want to, I, I thought when I saw the lines last week, I said to myself, you know, Tampa coming off a bye played good against Seattle. Not that Seattle's a great defense by no means, but, they play well against Seattle. They should be able to kind of, you know, this should be a game. Cleveland's not good. Cleveland will score early. I said that Cleveland will score will have 10 points early in the game. But as the longer the game goes, Tampa will get control of it and win. And you're up 17 to 10, you know, in the fourth quarter. All you got to do is put the game. And you can't put it away. You can't put it away. And you can't stop Nick Chubb, who's the only threat they really have. 
I, I, I was so disappointed, and now they lose worse, their right tackle. Now they're playing New Orleans, who gives them headaches all the time. I mean, that's a 3-3 three to three game at halftime the last time they played them in the, uh, right. week two of the season. And Winston was in a very giving mood that day. If it wasn't for Winston, I think that game, I mean, what, the kid took it back for a touchdown. 20-10 to 10 final in week two. Tampa won the game against New Orleans. I'm still, I'm still a little bitter, Michael. I, I try to move on from the bad beats, but having the Saints plus nine on Sunday against the San Francisco and the Red Rifle can't get you anything. You lose 13 nothing. don't cover as a nine-point dog. That's the divisional rematch, though, this week. And for Tampa, who, as you mentioned, the final seven drives got a grand total of six first downs, ran 30 plays for a total of 92 yards, where three points wins the game. Game is over, as you mentioned, up 17-10 against Cleveland and a bottom five overall defense. Couldn't do it. Give up over five and a half yards per carry on the ground as well to, uh, to Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Russia offense. So for, for Tampa now, if with all the uh, issues going on with the offensive line, with the lack of cohesion for Tom Brady as a quarterback and his receivers, and what we know about Dennis Allen, at least as a defensive schemer and play caller for New Orleans, Seems like an obvious under to look at, yet the market has gone up to 40 and a half, which is a little surprising to say the least with how bad New Orleans has also been offensively. Right. And New Orleans hasn't been, you know, I mean, New Orleans, you know, they haven't been the same New Orleans defensively, but the matchup, Dennis Allen kind of knows how to play Brady, you know, and I think a lot of this is going to come down to the injury report, right? Like, where are they? You know, where are the Saints? You know, are they going to have, are they going to have Lattimore back? You know, are, are they going to be able to, you know, he was questionable last week with an abdomen. You know, they got a bunch of guys on that injury list. I know Ingram played, Cam Jordan played, but, you know, that this is the problem. And th they always seem to have a way to play. These games are always close. Mm -hmm. But I was so disappointed in the, A, the game management by the Bucks. I mean, throwing that pass on second down when they should have used it, let them use a timeout. Fourth down, the Bucks don't stop at the middle of the field with a Joku, and he makes a great one-handed catch. It's hard to get behind the Bucks. It really is. And I think Dennis Allen will do a good job. I, I don't like the Saints either. I mean, that's the problem. I don't like any team in the South. They're all bad. Right. Well, that's the thing. If we're talking coaching and with rosters and the personnel that they have, if we're taking injuries out for a second, like the, the drop going to Todd Bowles as a head coach, we've seen him just look lost on the sidelines, and the drop from Sean Payton in New Orleans going to Dennis Allen as a head coach. Like where where yeah. are the Saints right now, record-wise, if if it's easy to say, you know, in retrospect, but where would well, the they, Saints be if it was still Peyton there? I mean, they missed their play. I mean, he's a great play caller. And he's a good strategist, right? What's amazing about the Saints is, you know, now they've won, you know, since Baltimore when they got beat on Monday night, they've only won one game. They haven't forced a turnover, and in, in, in really they've only forced one turnover in the last five, six weeks. Well, they can't get a turnover, you know, and their offense turns the ball over. So you say, you know, I got we got you got shut out against the 49ers. Well, yeah, I mean, you turned the ball over twice, right? The Niners didn't turn it over. I know Garoppolo did on one, but it got called back. But, you know, it, 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 the games that what's remarkable is the reason the games have played so well is because Dennis Allen's good in the red zone. That this the Saints are the third best red zone team in football. If that wasn't the case, that 13 to nothing probably would have been more like 24 to nothing. Yeah, would, would have gone up. And yet, yes, you have the two Alvin Kamara fumbles in San Francisco territory, a missed field goal by Will Lutz. It's like when you have, I'm sure you felt this way being in the front office, where when you have a struggling offense and the margin for error is already slim, those mistakes just seem to exacerbate and, and pile on on top of themselves. And I get the sense that for both New Orleans and Tampa Bay, each offense is starting to go through some of those similarities where the small mistakes just keep piling up. 
and you you yeah. find yourself uh, behind the eight ball, and, and now you get to see them play against each other, making me think an under, even at a low number of 40 and a half, is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep, you know, I, and I made this mistake last week taking recommending Tampa. Uh, I, you keep waiting for the key to, to start the ignition for their offense a little bit, you know, but they're, they have no trust. I mean, Brady and Evans can't trust. They don't, there's not a trust, and he doesn't throw the ball outside great. He's an inside thrower, you know, and I don't know what Leftwich was doing in that game, but there was no adjustments in the game. Like, you got to be able to figure out, okay, what do we have to do to win this game? And it never happened offensively for the Bucks. And, mm-hmm. look, you know, the, the week before when they played over in Seattle, they got their running game going. But they couldn't get a running game going against – they couldn't get their running game going against against Cleveland. I mean, they, they rushed for 151 yards against Seattle over in Munich. And, you know, before that, they didn't have – they couldn't run the ball. They only had one game over 100 yards. That was opening day against Dallas. I mean, they lost to the Chiefs. They had three yards rushing. And and they ran for ninety six against the Browns. Hard to fa- hard to believe that. Would you say? Would you look at those numbers? And given the competition they were facing, Browns uh, have been miserable in the bottom five on, on the EPA per play. Yet that's that's the reality right now uh, for Tampa. Yeah. I've, it's funny. I feel like we we've highlighted a bunch of very uh, uh, games involving very bad teams and disappointing teams this week. But there are some really good matchups, Michael. Two yeah, in the late the, afternoon. One thing yeah, I, go back. One thing I think you got to take a you know both these defenses. Don't turn the ball over. If you take away the five turnovers that the Saints gave the Bucks in week two, right, if you take mm-hmm. away that, the, they only have six turnovers for the rest of the season. Pretty mind-blowing when you think about it uh, in, in that phrase. And yet the defenses have both, at least on the you know, yards per play basis, still been good, but not getting the big, uh, the big takeaway there. Let's go to San Francisco. That's a team who just destroyed uh, New Orleans with the 13-0 blanketing. 49ers, you talk about a defense that's been elite, have not allowed a second-half points now in four straight games. Hosting Miami, market has gone a little back and forth on this game from San Francisco. Four-point favorites down to three-and-a-half against Miami at home. Now back up to four or so. How do you think the matchup with Mike McDaniel returning to San Francisco facing his, uh, his former guy he worked with in Kyle Shannon, how do you expect that to, to play out in general? I think a lot of this is going to come down to the the – you know, the, the fastness of their defense, and can Miami protect? One thing about playing the 49ers, and Ar- Armstead's probably not going to go. He's hurt again. And if he doesn't play, that's huge, right? I mean, they've gotten by with Brendan Shell at right tackle. And typically, Brendan Shell, when he played for Seattle, had a hard time blocking any of these 49er players. So if Armstead doesn't go, that puts Little in the starting lineup. They know Tua wants to throw the football. This is a zone team, San Francisco. All eyes are going to be on the quarterback. They're all going to be on the quarterback. They're going to break on the ball and front ride and go to it. I don't think weather will be a factor, but I think pressure will be a factor. And, you know, look, they feasted this, this Miami team and take nothing away from it, but they haven't played against very good defenses. It's going to be light rain out there with eight-mile-an-hour wind. Mm. The last time Tua played in light rain was in Tennessee, and that game didn't go very well for him. That's a good point. I was, that was the point I was about to make. I think it's a good pro tip for this hour. But since Tua Tagovailoa returned, defenses they faced, Pittsburgh, 26th in overall efficiency, Detroit, 32nd, Chicago, 30th, Cleveland, 31st, and Houston, 22nd. Now you're, you're stepping up in class against this elite San Francisco defense. 
might be getting ahead of ourselves thinking, oh, all right, Miami is ready just to move the ball and run all over uh, anybody. But we haven't seen him do it against an elite defense. So I, I agree with no. you completely, Michael. Uh, going to be a tough matchup for the Dolphins going into Santa Clara. Also watch out for the uh, the Christian McCaffrey. Check his injury status throughout the week. He's day-to-day with knee irritation, whatever that means. When we come back, it's time to talk with Harry Gagnon from the Against All Odds podcast and his Week 13 plays. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSEN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. As we usually do on Wednesdays at this time, we welcome in Harry Gagdon from the Against All Odds podcast, part of the Degenerate uh, Trifecta with Cousin Sal. Uh, Harry, great to have you back. I got to say, I was listening to your friends, uh, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal, and they were giving us a hard time for for uh, boasting about all your accolades as a handicapper, as a former <laughs> Vegas sportsbook supervisor. Oh, really? They, yeah, they they didn't want it. They didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, but you know, Harry, we're we're friends of you. We're friends, so that's that's why we do that. Uh, and now you can maybe push back against them uh, with, well, even hey, though it was a struggle hey. of a week uh, twelve for you. I can't help it if, like in uh, in Rocky Four, if I got more nicknames than Apollo Creed, I can't help it. Ah, there you go. Okay, I don't know. That's one way to put it. I did see you uh, yeah. video a video of you playing tennis, Harry. That uh, did not look, you know, uh, that was a, that looked like a struggle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Look, well, yeah. you know, and you know what? That was a, that was a, that was a couple years back, and I will say that one hamstring. I'm, I'm not I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that one hamstring was gone, and the second one was wow. pretty close to being gone, and I still hung in there. And playing brother Bry, I did win the first set seven six, and he's got eleven years on me. Okay, <laughs> I love so it. I will make, I'll make, I'll, uh, and probably probably seventy five pounds. I got probably seventy five pounds on him too. So you know, I'm just going to throw that out there and make. Uh, I, I guess I am making excuses, but so what? <laughs> Mike, Michael, just like shake, sitting there shaking his head, like eh, excuses, Harry. Come on, man, don't uh, don't don't do that. Uh, he's the Kyler Murray. He's the Kyler Murray of uh, of bet handicap, and he's oh, making excuses yes. left and right. Yes, well, he's all Harry is also oh, an Arizona-based uh, sports bet. Yeah. So yeah, another blown game. By the way, I, I will say this: I'm going to tell you guys, like I needed I needed Arizona money line. I didn't take the points there. And I just want, like, I don't know what you think, but the last six, guys, last six, seven minutes of that game, Cliff oh, Kingsbury couldn't have made more wrong decisions. When to use the timeouts, when not to use the timeouts, play calls, play decisions on offense to get that first down so the Chargers don't get it back. Absolutely awful the last six, seven minutes of that game by Arizona. I mean, look, the whole fourth quarter was a disaster. At some point, he's got sure. to make a play, right? I mean, every, you know, it's funny. Everybody blames the coach, you know. It's always – and, look, I'm not trying to defend Cliff, but at some I'm point the kid's got to make a play. I'm not that much either lately. No, I mean, he's terrible. He's a bottom five quarterback. Yeah. Nobody wants to say it. God forbid if you say it. The two guys who got right. the biggest money, Harry, this offseason were Russell Wilson and uh, and, and Kyler, and, and both of them are bottom five quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, it's just – I mean, Denver's offense, forget about it. But, I mean, still Arizona's got – you got Connor, you got Hopkins back. You can't can't figure out ways to get these games done. It's just bad, 
bad in Arizona. One of those weeks here, yeah. We, you you yeah. have the money line. By the way, yeah, Ben, I, I don't think I hit a winner last week. I think that was the first week I don't have a winner. I know. Right? We're we're give us some winners this we're, week, yeah, Harry. We're, we're Come getting, on. We're getting, back, we're getting back on track with Harry. Uh, you're looking for value in the big game of the week, the Bengals-Chiefs matchup. What do you see there? You know, I, I think also, besides that, before, I do like the Bengals plus the two against Kansas City. But also, I think with Baltimore and Cincinnati, I know Cincinnati might have a little bit tougher schedule, but I think I'll just throw in there at plus 210, I've noticed, for the AFC North, with the same record as Baltimore right now, I think that's pretty good value at plus 210. But I do like the Bengals plus the two here. I know Mahomes may lead in most quarterback statistics in the league, but I'm banking on Burrow again against Kansas City. Since he's getting Chase back and maybe Joe Mixon, Chase since 2021, 11 touchdowns of 25 yards or more. That's three more than any other receiver. Gutsy win last week against uh, Tennessee on the road. Um, when healthy, I think Cincinnati might be the best team in the NFL. When healthy, they're getting there. I think Burrow in the jungle at home takes care of Mahomes again. And, uh, and, uh, and it's a huge win for Cincinnati. I like the money line, but I also like the plus too. I like Tennessee last week against Cincy, and what I was what I was wrong in my handicap about was I thought that Tennessee's defensive front playing at home would put a lot of pressure on Burrow and create some issues. They never did. They never no. did. Burrow was able to to move the ball effectively, made all the throws he needed to make. That told me something about Cincinnati, and then I felt like their def- their their team got a little tougher going into Tennessee yeah. and beating a tough team just reinforces your toughness. And, look, I think their defensive coordinator, Lou Amaromo, does an incredible job of second-half adjustments. And he did in that game, too. You know, Tennessee barely had the ball, but they weren't able to make plays, especially in the red zone where they had historically been very good over the season. So, if I had a play here, I think I'd take Cincinnati. I mean, even even though the, the Chiefs are really good, I think the Bengals are peaking. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned, like, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when they played, uh, when uh, Kansas City played uh, Tennessee, and we mentioned how good the Tennessee defense is, and they still are. And for the Cincinnati offensive line that sometimes packs it in at, at, from, at, from times, they held strong, like you mentioned, Mike, and all, I believe only gave up one sack on Sunday, and that was a gutsy win for them going in there and getting it done, and I think they continue at home on Sunday. That's seven and two, last nine now for Cincinnati, and that's yeah. correlated to a healthier, more together-looking offensive line as well. Play number one from Harry G, and there that is available still, as we've seen in the market now. Uh, just to update my numbers here, we are sitting a couple of two-and-a-halves are still available out there in the market if you wanted to follow along uh, with Harry. Is it, As far as a teaser, again, Harry looking to get back on track. Yeah. Uh, so you have a situation where Cleveland gets a quarterback back into Sean Watson. Uh, that is one leg of a teaser. And then you also have a divisional rematch. Uh, take us through your thoughts on uh, on why, why you're so confident in both the Cleveland and then the Raiders this week. Yeah, not such a sexy teaser, seven-point teaser here, but I am going to tease the Browns down to a pick against Houston. You mentioned Sean Watson finally back uh, playing football against his former team. And I'm taking the Raiders from one and a half up to plus eight and a half against the Chargers. I know Cleveland just one and four on the road, but, but uh, having, um, having uh, their quarterback back, it's going to, he's going to be able to control the game. He's been fantastic. And you know, Nick Chubb is probably the best offensive player on the field. Houston's lost six in a row and have the worst point differential in the NFL at minus 86 points. Uh, the Raiders, two wins in a row in overtime. Jacobs over 300 yards combined in those last two weeks. Adams over the last four weeks over 500 yards. And 
The Raiders have not been swept by the Chargers since 2018. I'm going to push it up. Maybe they lose this game, the Raiders, but I'm going to push it up to more than a touchdown. I'm going to take eight and a half with the Raiders and the Browns just to win the game against Houston. And how about your seven-point teaser? Because I want to give you as much time to handle that as you possibly can, Harry. Well, that was that, – That's it. That's it. That, I'm taking that, the Browns to a pick. Raiders yeah. up to eight and a half. He, oh, I thought you had another one, too. Oh, how, oh, how about the Colts under? Yeah. I thought that was coming, too, yeah. right? You got the Colts? Well, I, I have I have that. I have the Colts team total, 15 points under at plus 105. Dallas, second best in points against this year, first in passing yards against. And not good news for Matt Ryan because Dallas is first in the league with 45 sacks. Mike, I think I expect Parsons to shadow Jonathan Taylor because – his speed is so good. He can cover Taylor on the outside when they're looking for screens, when the Colts are looking for screens. He's that quick. Colts averages 14 points a game in the last six games, and the Colts' last five road games averaged just 10 points per game. Dallas' defense, too fast, too good. Colts on Sunday night. It's a shame this is kind of on Sunday night after we just saw the Colts uh, this past week on Monday. But I'm going to go under. Well, I, I, can watch, I can watch. I can watch Jeff. Jeff. I can watch Jeff Saturday's scream strategy the whole time. I'm, I'm, I got a notebook out. I'm taking notes. I'm learning. Nice. It is such a shame that that Colt Bronco Thursday night game did not happen at this point in the year. And can you imagine, Michael, if we got Saturday packet, the promos for that game, uh, how amazing that oh. would be? Think about that for a second. That, well, first of all, they would have flexed it. Well, Thursday night, I don't think they can flex out. But, I mean, they would have probably yeah. had to do something with it, you know? I know. I'm just that, – that's, that's just the, the – that, 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 That's the game that probably this year, guys, I, you might be right, but uh, that's the game this year that just stands out as probably being the most ridiculously brutal game to watch all year, right, was that game. Yeah, for, for Michael and I, who are just gluttons for punishment, we, we both – I mean, it was like you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. look away from a, a car crash oh. unfolding uh, in front of us. So you said, Harry, again, to recap the plays, looking at Bengals plus two against the Chiefs, you have the seven-point teaser, uh, Raiders up to eight-and-a-half, Browns pick them. And then Colts team total under 15. You mentioned the, the Cincinnati divisional price, though, at plus 210. Uh, awfully intriguing number right now. Tied in the standings with Baltimore. Have a rematch week 18 in the season. You, you give the, the Bengals here the edge, though, and, and feeling like at a price like that, uh, how, how, how good of a number do you feel like that is right now? Well, I think it's a good price considering what we just saw, like Mike mentioned, what we just saw out of Cincinnati in a tough environment in Tennessee last week to go in there, get that gutsy win, and move forward. Now, you look at the schedule. Now, I understand why it's probably plus 210. Cincinnati loses the tiebreak as of right now as they lost the uh, in Baltimore by two points. So they're definitely going to have to have that last game of the season against Baltimore probably to, win, to have a chance to win the division. And if you look at both teams' schedule, Baltimore has the upper hand here. But just the Cincinnati team, Joe Burrow, getting, getting Chase back, getting Mixon back. This team, I think, when they're fully healthy, like I said, I think they're better than Buffalo. When they're fully healthy, I think they're better than Kansas City in the AFC. Harry G taking his shot. I give him a follow at AAO. Thanks, Harry. Harry. Best of luck with the picks. Thanks for joining us, Harry. Love it, guys. Thanks, Harry. When we return, time to get into our Thursday night football handicap. Big move coming to the New England Patriots. We'll update you on the line next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up to BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we wrap up the show, big thanks to our producer, Matt Santos, behind the glass, Andrew Ingold, our technical director, everybody else helping out, Mikhail Bala, Rob Moreno, uh, Troy Kinch, Sergio Santos, all doing a great job for us here at the Circus Sportsbook Studios. Michael, our pro tip of the hour, something we talked about a little bit earlier, 
involving incorporating into your own handicaps each week, either step up or step downs in class of competition teams and their oppositions who they're facing. The example you gave, Miami has faced nothing but bottom 10 defenses the last five weeks. Now they're facing arguably the best defense in the game in San Francisco. You got to at least incorporate that into your handicap. And and the Miami San Francisco game is a great example. Yeah. I don't think you can ignore it. Right. But you got to, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, I, right. you know, what I think too happens is I, I hear people say, well, you know, this Miami offense has been explosive and, you know, my, and, and now that two is back, you know, only the bad games were when two didn't play. Well, I, I don't think they watched the, I mean, the Patriots held them to 20 points and they got the ball spotted. They, the, the defense scored a touchdown and they got, the, and, and they turned it over, right? The Patriots turned the ball over. So, you know, that was a big issue. They turned it over three times against Buffalo, they scored 21 points, right? And that was, and that both those games had two in them, and they only had 212 yards against Buffalo. So, like, I, I think to me, this is a step up in class. Clearly, you know, and they do a good job of protecting the football. But the defense, to me, is you know, I, I think that's the other area that they haven't been as good. You know, they they've kind of gotten away with it. They played Chicago in a, in a back and forth six offense game that was. You know, 35 to Detroit mm-hmm. that was dominated Detroit. The first half was both the offenses went up and down the field. They played better in the second half. But this is a team that typically doesn't force turnovers. They did three weeks against three against Houston last week. They, look, they got three games in a row. They're going to be hard. They've got the 49ers, Chargers and the Bills, you know, and the Bills will be in bad weather. There's no guarantee. There's no doubt about that with wind. I don't know if it'll snow but it'll have wind and cold weather. I know that San Francisco is going to have rain, so we'll see what happens. I mean, they've got two outdoor – they have three outdoor weather games coming up in December, which I think will impact them. And Patriots Week 17, the other. Never an easy task going to Foxborough at the end of December. And the, as we showed the schedule a second ago, two games with a healthy Tua Tagovailoa against top 10 defenses. Scored 20 points against New England with a defensive touchdown, 21 points against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, at home in a game where they were completely outclassed in the box score element, uh, but won the game by two. Mentioning New England, though, Michael, that's the team and New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills that kick off week 13. Thursday night football, what do you make of this big line move? We're down to four across the board. Open Buffalo minus five and a half. Market has gone squarely in favor of the Patriots in this position, down to Buffalo minus four there in Foxborough. Uh, I, I'm actually really surprised because it's going to be 35 clear. The not win's not going to be a factor. I mean, the last two times they played, the Patriots haven't forced a punt. They haven't forced a punt. I mean, that playoff game in New England, in Buffalo was a route. It was over the first half. And the game in New England was closer than the score. It was really, I felt, closer than the score because, you know, New England had a chance to get back in it. They turned Buffalo over, but it really was a lot closer than I thought the score was. So, to me, you know, New England has yet to prove that, that they can handle the six-back offense of Buffalo. They, they, they've mm-hmm. yet to prove that to me, you know. And so the speed of New England bothers me in this game. You know, yeah. even when they, you know, they, they gained 428 yards the last time they played them in New England. It was 33-21, but I don't think it was as close as that, right? Now, I think the reason the line is moving to New England is because the Bills haven't played very good run defense. And I, they feel like Belichick is going to manage the game in a way to where he's going to reduce it, try to keep Josh Allen off the field. But New England's not a good third-down team at all. I mean, Josh Allen, the first play of the game, I promise you, he's going to run around. He's going to make them declare 
that that they can defend the six-back offense because they can talk all they want about we don't want Josh Allen running. Josh Allen running is their offense. You know, McDermott can stand on the sideline and say, oh, we don't want him to run the ball. No, no, he's your running offense. I mean, let's put that in perspective. He's got, you know, he's got 81 attempts. He's the second leading attempter on the team. He's got seven yards. He has 561 yards, and and Singletary has 552. And the market going from not only the five and a half down to four, one book in Las Vegas – over at the Westgate has just ticked down to three and a half as we're speaking. There's also been the tick down in the total from 45 down to 43 and a half. Obvious indication that the books believe there's a correlation. If New England is going to cover or win the game outright, defense will have to win the day and you would expect a lower scoring game. Goes back to what you're saying on the New England defensive matchup versus, Bu- versus Buffalo. If you're not really a believer of that. You should obviously think both it would be a correlation right over and the Bills here covering a, a short number on the road. You know, I, I just think to me when, you, you know, I know the Bills, they struggled to, 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 to put away Detroit. They turned the ball over too damn much. I mean, that's been the big issue. They, these red zone turnovers for an offense that's so prolific. I mean, Ben, they're 19th in the league in red zone offense. I mean, yeah. think about that, you know. And, and let's face it, one of these losses, I mean, they're, they're three and two the last five weeks. One of these losses came when all they had to do was sneak the ball. I mean, there's no team more fortunate in all of football than Minnesota. None, no team. I mean, you know, if if you're if you're Kevin, if 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 you're uh, any member of the Minnesota Vikings team, you know, Kevin O'Connell being the head coach. I mean, I, I mean, I think you want to you, you want to keep riding the streak because it was fortunate. You've been very fortunate, and even the Jet game that they lost. I mean, they they had a chance in that game. The Jets defense hung in there, created turnovers in the red zone. It's why for this game you're looking at forty three and a half now. That's a pretty good bargain to look to take over. And over 43 and a half, let's consider on the Buffalo defensive side, the last three games for everything you laid out and how fortunate Minnesota was to get out of Buffalo with a win. Last three weeks, Buffalo defense has allowed 73 first downs. Average of uh, over 24 a game. That's by far would be the worst in the league over that span. Struggling to keep teams off the field. And that's the matchup where New England is averaging... Uh, at least this season, only about 4.7 or so third down conversions a game, tied for 24th in the league. Isn't that a bigger key to you, uh, Michael, when you think about a struggling Buffalo defense without Von Miller, who's already ruled out at linebacker, uh, against the Patriot offense that has been very hit or miss this year? Yeah, and one thing that we saw the Patriots in the win game, they can run the football. They'll run the ball on, on Buffalo. Buffalo knows this, you know, and they've got to have some balance. But Mac Jones has got to protect the football. You know, and that's going to be critical. I mean, you know, he did last week. He protected the ball. And their offense looked a lot better. I'm surprised that people are really on New England because, you know, in the last, you know, since they lost to the Bears on Monday night, this offense, even that night, this offense was horrible. I mean, I thought they were coming around when they played when they played the Brownies, you know, and they were getting going. But, you know, losing to – Losing to Chicago on Monday night, turning it over four times, mm-hmm. you know, losing to the Jets. I mean, beating the Jets with no offense. I mean, they beat the Jets twice with no offense. Maybe this is why the line's moving because the Patriots beat the Jets twice and Buffalo couldn't beat the Jets. I don't know. But this offense is 31st in the red zone and they're 25th on third down. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you play the over in this one. Right. No, I get it. I, just, I wonder, is this more on 
was the New England offensive performance last week against Minnesota. Is that more a telling I think sign Minnesota's of Minnesota's terrible defense? defense. Yeah. I, I think Minnesota's horrible on defense. I really do. I think it's going to catch up to them. I, I think they've been very fortunate. And let's face it, I mean, you know, if Hunter Henry gets a touchdown on that night, you know, that that thing, what happens Brutal. there? Brutal. Yeah. You know, what happens if they what happens if they call the the if they make the face mask call, I mean, the face mask call, that's one. But how about if they call the hold, the, the, the grab? They call penalties on every single punt return, and they miss that one? I mean, Minnesota, take don't take it anything away from them. They've been very, very fortunate. Vikings, uh, again, that's the, the, for the AFC East teams this week. We just talked Dolphins catching four in San Francisco. Bills Patriots square off tomorrow night to kick off week 13. Now down to three and a half at one book. Buffalo favorite on the road. And then you have uh, Minnesota. I, I really, I, 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 I had it as a, I have it a 4.6 game. I, I think, I thought at five it was the right yeah. number. I'm surprised the betting public's going in that direction. Look, I think he's a great coach. He's the greatest coach of all time. He's going to have to, pl- they're going to have to play a certain way. And at the end of the day, they're going to have to be really good on third down. And the other problem I have when I watch New England play buff, they don't tackle Josh Allen very well. Easy to forget now that we've had so much football since the last time Buffalo and New England squared off. Just how big of a mismatch that looked like in the postseason a year ago. Will this get to three and a half market wide? Uh, if so, could that be the buy point on Buffalo? Might might be the time. 43 and a half is your total there. Michael, always great to uh, hang out with you for two Thank hours you, of time. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Matt Santos. Absolutely. Great to have you back as well. Uh, Michael and Patrick Maher back tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. Up next, it's Beast and Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.